everyone. Welcome to another episode of Aftershock, where we are going to give you the latest and greatest in all things Web3. Uh, we have a lot of really interesting articles and a lot of really cool information to share with you today. But before we do, just as a general reminder for all those who are listening to the podcast, thank you for being there. Um, if you have not yet joined us over on YouTube, make sure you go check that out. And if you're over here on YouTube, I hope you are enjoying the content. Make sure you give a like and subscribe and share this out with other people so they can learn about all the great things happening out here in the wild world of Web3. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and jump into this week's Aftershock. The Aftershock. So we're starting this week, Web3 lightning round with some information on MT FTX. So a former FTX executive will plead guilty to federal charges with a deal. So Nishid Singh, the bankrupt exchange's former director of engineering, went to a pro-offer session with prosecutors last month and is repeatedly nearing a plea deal. So the deal which would see the 27-year-old Singh plead guilty to charges related to FTX's collapse has yet to be finalized. Singh would be following in the footsteps of former FTX chief technology officer Gary Wang and former Alameda CEO Caroline Ellison, who pleaded guilty to federal fraud charges in December after reaching deals with prosecutors. Former FTX CEO Sam SBF Bankman-Fried um, pleaded innocent to eight federal charges and is currently living with his parents in California. So we're going to continue to see this. I think a lot of people are going to go ahead and take the plea deal. It's going to be really hard to win this case. SBF is going to take it to court, go all the way and pleading his innocence. Uh, these others are uh, trying to find the cleanest way to get out of this. And unfortunately, plea deals uh, are looking like the surest way to do that. So again, I don't think uh, Nishad Singh is going to be the last to do this. I think we're probably going to see more plea deals that come to fruition. Our second story is going to look at yield platform stablecoins sued for promoting UST as a safe investment. So as a reminder, UST uh, was in relation to the Terra Luna. So the centralized finance platform Stable Gains has been sued in Californian court for allegedly misleading investors and failing to comply with securities laws. On February 18th, plaintiffs Alec Narden Ohinian filed a complaint against U.S. District Court of the Central District of California. In it, they alleged that Stable Gains, a DeFi platform launched in August of 2021, diverted all of its customers' funds to Anchor Protocol without their knowledge or consent. Anchor Protocol offered yields up to 20% on Terraform uh, labs algorithmic stable coin Terra USD, uh, which is UST. Um, as an early supporter and investor in TFL Terraform Labs, Stable Gains is intimately familiar with UST and Luna. In fact, Stable Gains Inc. falsely advertised UST as a safe investment. So, again, um, as anything, anything that is going to give high yields, uh, the money's got to be coming from somewhere. And looking at the fallout of this, unfortunately, stable gains is is not looking good for promoting uh, UST as a, a safe investment. In a lot of ways, people thought so. I had people on the show last year who were adamantly uh, pro uh, Terra Luna. And un unfortunately, when you go all in on it, um, bad things can happen. So I, I personally know someone who wasn't on stable gains, but also went all in on Terra Luna and UST and unfortunately lost everything. So good reminder, diversify and uh, don't promote things as safe investments when you're in a highly risky uh, environment such as crypto. All of these crypto assets are risky. 
point blank period. Um, as as much as we want to think stable coins are you know more stable uh, as far as price movement goes, sure. Uh, but ultimately, the entire industry is risky. So, uh, just again, a gentle reminder: diversify, uh, own your own your keys, and just because something is quote unquote stable uh, doesn't mean that it still doesn't have its risks. So the next story we're going to look at is Helium. So Helium set Solana migration for March 27th. Helium network um, to Solana has now been proposed um, according from its foundation. And in a recent blog post detailing its plans for migration, the foundation stated that it's currently constituting an upgrade readiness working group. The group would consist of volunteers in the, com- in the community to be responsible for monitoring the migration process. It would also choose the final date for the migration and 20, March 27th, it's the tentative date. Now, the reason why Helium is migrating to Solana is that it claimed its focus is currently split between maintaining the Helium Layer 1 blockchain um, and going over to Solana so it can develop more of the network. So because of Solana's speed, scalability, wallet compatibility, and viable ecosystem, is supposed to help with its progress. So um, full disclosure, uh, I have historically been very bullish on Helium. I personally own Helium. I have Helium miners, um, not hiding any of that. Um, Helium, I saw the rise and fall of Helium, you know, from when it was less worth less than a dollar all the way up to $50 at the height of uh, the bull market that we've seen. I think it's back down around three. Helium has a lot of opportunity and a lot of potential. However, its blockchain just could not handle the sheer amount of adoption that came very quickly once people saw the opportunity that was there. Because of it, a lot of people have fallen off of it, um, aren't as bullish on it, um, and it's a shame. But there's still a lot of premise and promise there that I think could still work itself out. Going to a a faster and more scalable uh, blockchain, I think, is a step in the right direction. So we'll continue to see what happens with this story. I personally am going to be watching this one um, closely myself. So next, we're going to look at San Francisco. As federal uh, San Francisco Federal Bank I CBDC system development, and the way that this was revealed was through none other than a job posting. Just like other news that breaks, uh, typically when you find out uh, uh, these these companies that are trying to break into a new system is because of job posting. So the Federal Bank, uh, the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco is on the lookout for a software engineer who can help develop and implement example systems related to uh, CBDCs, which are central bank digital currencies. So on February 18th, posted a job opening for a senior application developer digital currency, um, and the applicant is expected to aid in Federal Reserve in designing and implementing systems critical to CBDC research. Now, I think this is really cool that people are paying attention to the types of job opportunities that are going out there, but then also that we're starting to see more and more CBDCs hit the market. I don't think CBDCs are the ultimate solution for crypto. I think they do help with speeding up the banking process and have a lot of other applications that are very beneficial. Um, So I like the progress towards trying to use the new opportunities that blockchain presents. However, I don't see CBDCs as truly being the solution that decentralized blockchain uh, ultimately sought out to accomplish. But again, these are two different things. CBDCs, centralized. Um, Bitcoin, decentralized. So it's it's 
I call it a 2.5. It's really taking, I think, what's the best of 3.0, still bringing it to the 2.5 I have in centralization and speeds things up. So I think we're going to see more cities uh, try to adapt this. Interesting to see San Francisco take this on. Our next story looks at Sony. So Sony teams up with Astro Network for Web3 Incubation Program. Sony Network Communications hopes the program will explore how blockchain technologies can solve various problems in their industry. So the Sony Group has teamed up with multi-chain smart chain contract network, Astro Network, to launch a Web3 incubation program for projects that focused on the utility of non-fungible tokens and decentralized autonomous organizations. According to a press release, the Web3 incubation program will be organized by Singapore-based Starttail Labs, a company founded by Astro Network CEO Soda Wannabe, and will run for run from mid-March to mid-June of this year. I think this is really cool. And if you've uh, been watching Astro Network, uh, its price has been pumping and it's probably because of this news. Uh, this is a really huge uh, announcement and I am now um, watching Astro Network uh, more closely because this is, I mean, we're talking about a huge sample of approval. Sony's massive and the things that they build are highly impressive. And I also think that Sony's trying to figure out a path to virtual reality and some headsets uh, applications. So finding a way to blend in Web3 with that could also be very, very cool. And so uh, I think this is really, really something to be having on your radar. And I know I'm going to be watching this a lot more. So next, we're going to look at MakerDAO. So MakerDAO is voting on a $100 million loan to participate uh, with Florida Commercial Bank. So Florida's Cognate Bank is proposing $100 million participation in loans to MakerDAO's RWA Master Participation Trust. And the goal is to bring another commercial bank into its ecosystem, strengthening the connection between decentralized finance and traditional finance. What I think is really cool to see is uh, it's very clear that Florida is being very progressive as it relates to Web3 and crypto and embracing the opportunities that are within it. So being able to find more ways to bridge traditional finance with Web3 and, and where things are headed in that direction, I think this is a really cool opportunity. And I think if MakerDAO's model can work, you're going to start seeing other larger um, crypto organizations start to head in this direction because the more validity that they can get from working strategically with traditional finance, the more it's going to help bridge that gap and bring on more mass adoption for people to use this. So really cool to see that MakerDAO. Our next story looks at Doquan, and this one is a, a sad one and unfortunate. Uh, Doquan removed 10,000, that's right, 10,000 Bitcoin from Terra after the collapse. So the SEC complaint against Doquan include allegations around Terra's USD peg, Terra's relationship to Chai, the co-founder of Doquan, cashing out for millions. The complaint filed by the, uh, the SEC said Terra co-founder Doquan and Terra Labs laundered more than $100 million worth of Bitcoin from platform following its collapse in May 2022. According to the complaint filed in U.S. <clears throat> District Court of Southern District of New York on February 16th, Quan and Terraform I transferred more than 10,000 Bitcoin um, from the platform in the Luna Foundation Guard to a cold wallet, then to a Swiss bank account to convert to fiat. The financial regulator said that the co-founder 
and the company might have access to more than 100 million in cash since withdrawal started in June 2022. So this is dirty in a lot of ways because even with all of these people losing all their money, Doquan still found a way to keep the money that they had and going through oh, a system, uh, aka uh, going through converting the Bitcoin into a Swiss bank, then going into a fiat, basically going from crypto to a, a, a fiat on ramp, off ramp, they were able to keep a significant amount of their wealth. And again, people lost everything. So the SEC is going after them and putting this all in plain view for everyone to see so that justice can be served. And I don't think Doquan's going to get away with this. I know a lot of people think that Doquan will, but if there's one thing I've learned around the resilience of the SEC, when they have someone in their crosshairs, they will do anything to find a way to bring a person to justice, especially uh, if they have wronged a lot of people, which is on a sidebar why I think SBF is in a lot of trouble. So looking at our final Story in this week's Web3 Lightning Round also has to do with the SEC. So the SEC chair issues warning to celebrities promoting crypto amid latest enforcement action. So Gary Gensler said investors in crypto projects should know why celebrities are making those endorsements, such as Kim Kardashian and Paul Pierce did for Emacs through social media. So recently, uh, the SEC announced a $1.4 million settlement with former NBA player Paul Pierce for allegedly promoting a token project on social media. So Paul Pierce touted Ethereum Max tokens through social media channels. Without disclosing, he had received payment for the promotion and made false and misleading statements regarding the project according to SEC promoters paid the former NBA player $244,000 worth of Emacs in addition to him posting messages allegedly showing misleading information about profits on Twitter. So... Celebrities, unfortunately, don't do their own research, uh, hear about a money opportunity, go after it. And then when other people get hurt, aka the fans and unsuspecting people, uh, they then go and try to get justice. And when they do, uh, if it's high enough profile person to make an example to say, hey, other people, you shouldn't be doing this. They try to make examples of these high profile people. So basically after this happened, the SEC is just putting a blanket out there and saying like, hey, if you're a celebrity and you're getting involved in crypto and you're not doing your research and you're advertising this to people, uh, we will come after you. And uh, I think the message has been heard loud and clear. And I think more celebrities are going to continue to be more and more careful on how they go and promote different crypto opportunities. So that's going to wrap up. Uh, We're going to look at last week in the metaverse next. And we're going to start this off with Starbucks. So Freemint Starbucks NFTs are now fetching high prices. So what's interesting about this is that uh, Starbucks NFTs, Starbucks released a Freemint. And usually on Freemints, you get a certain level of success if it's a high enough profile type of project and the company is having uh, some success. Uh, In this case, it's Starbucks and they... Um, ever since the mint happened, uh, they are having a, a ton of success that they're seeing and, and people are flipping these, uh, Starbucks mints, uh, NFTs that they literally got for free for uh, a ton of money. So 
I think that you're going to continue to see freemits occur because you want the adoption. You want people to be excited and come out. But I also think that people are going to want to get involved with some of these larger corporation earlier projects. And and especially when they're free because they see the longevity of it because they know Starbucks isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So if you see a freemint out there from a major corporation or brand that you know, uh, if you can get on the whitelist or if you can find a way to, to get one, it might be worth your time to, to figure out how you can get involved in that into the future. So our next story, we're going to look at uh, a new NFT marketplace. So NFT marketplace blur.io burns 252 ETH to hit top of burn leaderboard. So NFT marketplace aggregator blur.io surpassed Uniswap, OpenSea, and Ethereum transactions at the top ETH burner over the past uh, day. And this was uh, occurred on February uh, 19th. So data shared by Access Protocol CEO Mike Honscalo from Ultrasound Money highlighted that over 252 ETH was burned as a result of Blur.io activity between February 18th and February 19th. The two contracts identified by Ultrasound Money combined in for a total of 310.7 ETH compared to 239 ETH and 177 ETH from Uniswap and OMC respectively. So Blur.io, if you have not heard of this, go check it out. It is another NFT aggregator um, trying to come out and compete against OpenSea, uh, uh, and, and a ton of other uh, marketplaces out there. So uh, this got put on my radar. Um, I am really curious to see if Blur can keep this momentum and keep finding ways to be competitive uh, as it relates to OpenSea and some of the other competitors out there. Our next story is going to look at Artblocks. So Artblocks... Uh, and NFT gallery Bright Moments team up to bring generative art in real life. The new companies are partnering to create NFTs with in-person experiences for collectors, beginning with a collection from generative artist MPKOZ. So the generative art NFT collective, Art Blocks and NFT gallery Bright Moments are continuing to build some really cool things together. So every NFT will have a second physical activation, which can only be minted in a specific city tied to that NFT. Two companies have commissioned artist Michael Klowasowski, also known as NPKOZ, to release a collection for this partnership. Titled Metropolis, the body of work features generative art NFTs on architectural influences from London, Berlin, New York, Mexico City, Los Angeles, and five cities where bright moments galleries are located. So it's really interesting to continue to see how art and generative art is transforming um, into the world of NFTs. And I think this is this trend is going to continue as uh, more and more people get involved in this space. Next, NFT Marketplace Rarible expands aggregation to Tezos. So Rarible's aggregation tool will now support NFTs from marketplaces such as uh, object and Tia to support creators and collectors who favor the equal friendly blockchain. Non-fungible token marketplace rebels adding support for Tezos in its aggregated marketplace. The company said Thursday, in addition of Tezos follows the recent announcement that rebel would begin to aggregate polygon based listings. 
Um, the co-founder of Rarible told Coindesk that the company chose to integrate Tesla's marketplaces into its aggregation tool in an effort to court crypto native artists as well as collectors that favor sustainability. Through his aggregation tool, collectors on Rarible will be able to purchase uh, Tesla's based NFTs from marketplaces such as Object, FX Hash, Tia, and Versum. Tesla's is becoming a force to be reckoned with as it relates to NFTs. They are really getting a lot of really cool artists and uh, generative art being created within the marketplaces as well. I think Tezos is going to continue to expand its footprint across uh, where all of these different NFT artists are gathering, and we'll see more and more uh, types of really cool products being built on top of that. So really cool to see Rarible uh, expanding out there. I think we're going to see more and more of these marketplaces expand to Tezos. Next, we're going to look at OpenSea, and OpenSea implements a 0% fee to win over NFT users' uh, base loss to Blur. So I know we brought up Blur earlier. So what is OpenSea doing to compete? So because of the uh, Blur suppressing OpenSea and daily ETH trading volume, uh, we're seeing OpenSea go back against what it did earlier. So OpenSea announced a maze of structuring um, around lower platform fees and greater creator earnings as competing marketplaces continue to drain away its once dominate user base. So as a reactionary measure, because of the amount of deal flow that Blur was able to take from OpenSea, OpenSea announced three major changes to win back its migrating customers. The measures include 0% fee for a limited time, introducing optional creator earnings and leniency on other operators. So OpenSea came out with a full plan um, to make changes to try to get some of their things back. OpenSea made some big announcements around how they would uh, allow creators to earn money. And it, it made a lot of people mad. So people started looking elsewhere and a lot of people started looking at Blur. So now OpenSea is basically walking it back, trying to retain and, and, and put out the fires that they created themselves. So I like competition. I think competition is always good. Right now, OpenSea in a lot of ways, I wouldn't call them a monopoly, but they're pretty close uh, as they've been dominating a lot of the volume. So I think it's good to see some healthy competition out there. Next, we're going to look at eBay. And eBay, NFT platform, known origin launches, creator smart contract. And... The beta released has been tested by users uh, with 84 contracts deployed and 250 NFTs minted so far. Uh, with the new contract, artists can split earnings and earn royalties as co-creators. As told by Known Origin, users have been testing the creator contract uh, beta release for the past few weeks. Starting February 24th, all approved creators on Node Origin will be able to deploy and mint work on their own contract for public release. Deployment will not require coding knowledge. Uh, known Origin was acquired by eBay in 2022 for an undisclosed amount back in June of 2022. And uh, its co-founder, David Moore, the Ethereum-based platform seeks to empower creators and collectors by giving them the ability to showcase, sell, and collect unique authenticated digital items. So if you're tracking that, it's basically been almost eight months. They've been working on this, they're rolling it out, and it's, it's about to come out in uh, full fashion. So again, more and more people see that there's an opportunity for this space in the world of NFTs. And you're seeing a ton of these uh, NFT aggregators and marketplaces coming out because there's a lot of volume there and there's a lot of opportunity to be able to make money from that. So you have to be able to create an all-encompassing experience that 
make sure creators and your patrons be able to have a really clean experience that everyone's enjoying. So Lone Origin is trying to do that, trying to go after eBay. eBay is its own marketplace that's been able to do very well throughout the years. And now they're trying to step into the world of Web3. And I'm curious to see how that one is going to pan out. So our final story is going to look at GQ Magazine. Uh, GQ Magazine to launch its first NFT collection linked to real-world rewards. Holders of the inaugural GQ collection will have access to a magazine subscription, merchandise, and live events. The men's fashion magazine will release its first NFT and grants holders access to the magazine's subscription, merchandise, and live events. And the collection is made up of 1,661 NFTs. Very interesting number. Uh, to one of a kind art pieces created by artist Chuck Anderson, uh, Rio, Kelsey, Nizalik, and Sirwa Adifa. Each token allows holders to claim additional rewards such as GQ Magazine subscription, a curated GQ box of products, exclusive merchandise, and a ticket to the inaugural GQ party in April. So, again, another major brand in the world of magazines also looking to cross over into the Web3 world. So fashion is really starting to embrace Web3. They're trying to find ways to get involved in the world of, of NFTs, and metaverse, etc. And this trend, I think, is going to continue. I think 2023 could be the year that we see fashion and film really embrace Web3 and start laying down the foundational uh, blocks to really build up uh, the future and the opportunity that is the world of Web3. So that's going to wrap up this week's Aftershock. Again, a lot of really good and really cool articles. Um, hope you liked the information. If you did, uh, feel free to drop us a comment. Tell us what you think. Um, if you're out there on our podcast listening to this, uh, if you don't mind, go leave us a five-star review. Tell us what you think. And, and if, if it's not five-star, tell us why and, and what we can be doing to improve. We really appreciate you joining us as always. I hope you're enjoying the content. If you don't, let us know. And we're happy to give you more of the content that you want to be hearing. And uh, really appreciate all of you rocking with me. And hope you enjoyed this week's news. And as always, stay cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. This show and any other Cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes. 